All right, so Matt, uh, you want to hear my Batman impression? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, kryptonite. Hey, that's, uh, that's Superman. Thanks. I've been working on it, man. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, I'm good. Good. I'm good. So uh, real quick, we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. We're proud to be members of the Podbelly Network, and you can find different shows to listen to there if you go over and Check out their website, and you might find some shows that you didn't know existed or that you wouldn't have stumbled upon normally. So go check them out, podbelly.com. Um, we also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Lucy Nicotine, Magic Spoon, and Best Fiends. And we'll talk a little bit more about them as the show goes on. Um, while you're on the Internet, please go give us a rate and review, uh, if you don't mind. That uh, something Matt talks about in the outros usually, but... Wanted to throw it in here in the the intro that it really does help us out. It it gets more people into the graveyard by allowing us to get bumped up on the charts. And when you get bumped up on the charts, for some reason, the iTunes algorithm uh, shows us to more people in the suggestion box. So we we're always looking to grow the graveyard and to bring more people into the graveyard. So by giving us a five star review uh with saying a little something doesn't matter what you say just say a little something that will help us out tremendously um also while you're on the internet go check out patreon.com slash graveyard tales and we put up one bonus episode a week um and with a video and we have different tiers that you can join um and our ten dollar tier gets the video version of all of the episodes that we record ad-free if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, plus the other little perks. Go over there and sign up for the $10 a month membership. Uh, you can get a $5 as well, which will get you the video versions of the Patreon episodes, but not of the main episodes. So go check us out at patreon.com slash graveyardtales. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, look, y'all, so we're all adults here, and some of us, we choose to use nicotine, you know, to relax, focus, or unwind after a long day. And if any of you guys are patrons and watch our videos, then you know Matt and I use nicotine. We're normally vapors. Um, that's how we choose to use the nicotine but we we found this lucy nicotine company and we love them lucy nicotine is a company that cr was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways that they consume nicotine 
Their latest products, which Matt and I love, are the Slim Nicotine Pouches. They contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. And it's great because Matt and I use these for similar but kind of different reasons. I I normally use them when I go into a store and we're going to be in there for a while and I can't vape. Then I'll pop one of these in and it kind of helps my social anxiety a little bit. helps me relax and I don't have to keep running outside and vaping and coming back in. And if you're thinking there are anything like other pouches that you've tried, don't. You don't have to spit with them. They taste fantastic. And I promise you, if you give them a shot, you'll you'll love it. They also have gum and lozenges as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to put one in when I'm coaching. You know, I'm out on the field. I can't be stopping and, and walking off uh, to go vape. So I put in a Lucy pouch and, you know, I'm solid. And Adam's right. The flavor is fantastic. Um, better than any other product I've tried. You know, the cool cider uh, is is probably, you know, now one of my favorites. Yeah. And I've started using the Spearmint. Adam told me how good it was. And, and, and hey, I mean, I, I really do dig it. But they also have mango, uh, which is another fantastic flavor. So, it tastes like you know, an actual mango, which is weird. You wouldn't expect a, a pouch like this to taste like actual mango. You'd think it'd right. be synthetic-y, but it's not. So it's 2021. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options from Lucy. Now, Graveyard Tales listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code GRAVE, that's G-R-A-V-E, to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any other Lucy product. That's right. Graveyard Tales listeners can go to lucy.co, that's L-U-C-Y dot C-O, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any of the other products, gum, lozenges, anything they have there. Remember, that's lucy.co, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. Also have to give this disclaimer one more time. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So Matt, that that's all I've got for the intro. So, why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight we're going to dig into a topic that um, I, I've, I've known about a long time. I've, I use this as part of my common vernacular. Uh, whenever somebody says, uh, yeah, I saw Matt doing such and such. I'm like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I tell him it was my doppelganger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tonight we're going to, we're going to discuss doppelgangers um you know the uh the idea of the evil twin right um but it's it's so much more intricate than that oh yeah um 
and, and we're going to talk a little bit about what doppelgangers are, um, the superstitions that surround the idea of a doppelganger, and we're going to share some historical stories uh, about people who saw their doppelganger or their doppelganger was seen by someone else um, when they knew that they they weren't there. Right. And, and, and some of this stuff gets pretty creepy. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it, it's, it's more so than just, well, Hey, I just, I just saw, I just saw them walk by. How did they come out of that door? You know, it, it's, it, that happens, but it's, it's way creepier than just that. So. Right. Right. So I'm going to start this. I'm going to try not to burp. Um, Ashley made some quesadillas. I'm full. So I'm, if I do burp, I will try to edit it out for you. But um, just fair warning there. Um, but as we always say, go check our sources. You can find where we found this information. You can continue the research on it if you're so inclined. Um, and you can find the articles and stuff that we got our information from there. So go go check our sources. They're down in the bottom of the show notes. All right, so we got to look at what is a doppelganger first before we can start talking about them at all. Now, this is from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and it says, According to age-old German folklore, all living creatures have a spirit double who is invisible but identical to the living individual. These second selves are perceived as being distinct from ghosts, which appear only after death, and sometimes... They are described as the spiritual opposite or negative of their human counterparts. In 1796, German writer Johann Paul Richter, who wrote under the pseudonym Jean Paul, coined the word doppelganger from doppel meaning double and ganger meaning goer to refer to such specters. So, yeah, it's real simple translation. Double goer. Uh, sometimes you hear double walker, mm-hmm. um, but that, that's what it, that's what doppelganger means. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the idea that somehow, um, there is a spectral double mm-hmm. of, of yourself that either is with you all the time, uh, or only visible some of the time. Um, but it, it, it's, it's you, but it's not you. Right. It's, it's weird, but yeah, it is definitely connected to you. Um, in most all of these folklore and we'll get into some of those. Um, as some of y'all have noticed, I will say this again. We'll get into that here shortly. (laughs) Now we like to tease a lot on this uh, show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta bury the lead in there. You know, you can't you can't give it all away in the beginning. We're we're gonna start doing like American Idol, you know, and we'll find out right after this. Yeah, right <laughs> after the break. <laughs> now this next part comes from Atlas Obscura, but they say while the term doppelganger was coined in the late 18th century, myths or of spirit doubles have persisted for thousands of years. In ancient Egypt, the Ka was one aspect of the soul depicted as a spirit identical to the body. 
Now, throughout Europe and parts of Africa, changelings were thought to be supernatural children left in place of human infants. So people from the Orkney Islands, and I think we've talked about these type of changelings before, Matt, when we discussed we, the Fae. Yep. Um, yep. We sure did. There was, there was something about that. Um, but people from the Orkney Islands in Scotland also feared small fairy-like creatures called trows. Um, according to legend, trows would give birth to children who were apt to be sickly. Pregnant women were carefully guarded from the trows who would often steal healthy human babies and replace them with their own children, known as changelings, who would transform into exact replicas of the stolen children. So that's kind of a doppelganger thing, but mm-hmm. not in the sense of some of these other being part of you doppelganger. That's just the actual physical doppelganger. The um, It looks like you, but isn't you. Now, the Norse Vardoger were less ominous in nature, simply appearing in a place before the person it resembled, leading others to believe that they had already arrived, which is kind of what Matt um, talked about where, oh, I just saw you. No, I just got here. Well, and your doppelganger showed up before you did, and that that, that kind of comes from the Norse legends there. Now, English and Irish literature of the 18th and 19th centuries speak of the fetch, an ethereal double whose appearance, like the doppelganger, signaled death. Yep. And and I've got a section here um, coming up in a minute on the superstitions revolving around seeing a doppelganger. And one of those is the, the signaling of death. Right. But before we get to that, um, this next part says the word doppelganger was introduced by German author Jean-Paul in his 1796 novel, Sabinkus. Um, The plot features the uh, protagonist, Sabinkus, exchanging identities with his friend and lookalike, Leibgeber. There you go. Sorry, I'm... Have I'm doing my best. Sorry. Um, <laughs> exchanging identities with his friend and look alike, Leibgeber. Ironically, Jean Paul invented two words to describe doubles. Doppelganger was used to uh, name an uncanny look alike, while doppelganger was used to describe a meal in which two courses were served simultaneously. Now, the distinction didn't last long following the Sabinkus um, novel as doppelganger assumed the default term for any sort of double. So doppelt with a T was what was originally supposed to be the physical double of you. And then doppelganger was a meal with two courses served at the same time, which can kind of be. I mean, that's kind of a doppelganger if you serve two identical meals to somebody at the same time. But mm-hmm. I um, it, they just became default term for your double is doppelganger. Yeah. Now, as a literary device, the doppelganger is perfectly suited for exploring human duality, often used to personify the darker traits of a character. The double may also serve as a foil to the protagonist's personality. 
a behavioral negative, as in Hans Christian Andersen's 1847 fairy tale Skygen, or The Shadow. In the fairy tale, a man's shadow separates from his body and gradually becomes his walking double, demonstrating the exact opposite physical and moral traits and eventually replacing him entirely. So that that's interesting. If you haven't uh, read that, go check out Skygen or The Shadow by Hans Christian Andersen. You, you don't think about a story like that from Hans Christian Andersen. No, you don't. Um, yeah. But I guess it it's like... Um, we just talked about the it shows the duality of the character and that's what Hans Christian Andersen was trying to do now the doppelganger in Edgar Allan Poe's short story William Wilson seems to exist solely to ruin the narrator's life a boy attending school in England meets a child with the same name and appearance as himself the double is a source of frustration from the start and appears throughout Wilson's life to thwart his ambitions In this case, the original Wilson's goals are nefarious, motivated by lust and greed, only to be disrupted by his morally upright counterpart. Now, doppelganger sightings have been reported throughout history, like Matt was saying. These go back centuries Mm -hmm. um, with varying degrees of substantiation. Now, in his biography, The Life of Dr. John Donne, English writer Isaac Walton shares a disputed account of poet John Donne, D-O-N-N-E, or it may be Doan, and his wife's doppelganger. One night in 1612, while staying in Paris, Donne was discovered in a deeply disturbed state. Quote, I have seen a dreadful vision since I saw you. I have seen my dear wife pass twice by me through this room, with her hair hanging about her shoulders and a dead child in her arms, end quote. Don reportedly said um, to this witness, quote, I cannot be surer that I now live than that I have not slept since I saw you and am as sure that at her second appearing, she stopped and looked me in the face and vanished, end quote. Walton then claims that a messenger was immediately dispatched to, to check on Don's wife returning with the news that she was in very poor health after losing their child. So, we'll take another shot, uh, because I'm going to say we'll get to that here in a second, but um, that is almost like a crisis apparition. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all of this stuff is leading up to some of the, the... the folklore that I'll touch on. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, I, you know, this one may, this one could go either way. Uh-huh. Um, you know, b- because he saw his wife, um, you could say that's a doppelganger situation. But as Adam said, he could have been seeing a, a foretelling. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he, he could have been experiencing a, a true omen, you know, because she was carrying the child. Right. And doppelgangers have a, a tendency to do things either simultaneously or they will they will do something that is contrast to what the, right. the person is doing. 
right? Not necessarily their own thing, although we do see that. But the fact that the child was in it, you say, well, maybe we could go either way on this. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. It's, it's still a fascinating story um, because it was documented, mm-hmm. you know, by the man that the story was told to. Right, and, and maybe it wasn't a doppelganger, but. In the broadest sense of the term, it was. So that's why it gets put into this category is because in the broadest sense, that is a doppelganger. It's your physical double. Right. Now, this goes on to say that among the many myths and rumors surrounding Catherine the Great, one tale recounts her servants discovering her double sitting on her throne while she slept. The empress ordered the imposter to be shot and then died of a stroke several weeks later. Yeah, and and in this story, um, the bullets had no effect. So you know, here's here's another here, here's a you know a well known historical figure that this happened to, mm-hmm. and and it it worked much like the superstition. It was a uh, it was an, an omen of her death, right? Um, but the fact that. These kind of stories, they're they're great to me because the lives of these, especially rulers, were so heavily documented. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had somebody every, around them too to witness all of that. That's right. That's right. They were rarely ever alone, and you know there was always somebody with them to corroborate any story they had. But there was usually a historian associated with a palace that documented the things uh, that, that went on, you know, from, from day to day business to, you know, the, the King or Queen's life, even, you know, even menial things went in this historical record. So it, it adds some validity to this particular story. Right. Right. Now, in his autobiography, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe described a benign but prescient encounter with his double on horseback. The sighting, occurring in early 1770s on his way to Druschenheim, was of his spectral self in unfamiliar attire passing without a word. Years later, Goethe once again found himself traveling that road, this time incidentally wearing the gray coat of his premonition. So that was almost a foretelling, mm-hmm. almost a, uh, like you said, a premonition of something that was going to happen. Because he saw himself, and it was almost like a recording of what he was doing the next time he rode down that road, right. but he happened to see it in the future, or the past, or the whatever. Some weird circular time that we don't understand. Now, one of the most famous depictions of doppelgangers comes from the 1851 sketch and 1864 watercolor called How They Met Themselves by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. According to interpretation, two medieval lovers are walking through the woods at twilight when they encounter their doubles who glow supernaturally. The man draws his sword in astonishment while his lover appears to collapse in a deathly swoon. Now, among, so that, that's weird, but this next one, um, 
this is one that was fascinating to me, and I remember hearing about it, it must have been several years ago um, that this actually is so and famous, infamous. I don't know which mm-hmm. one, but it actually gets put into historical documentaries and stuff where you wouldn't think a doppelganger story would work its way into. But it says among the most noteworthy is Abraham Lincoln's experience as chronicled by Noah Brooks in his book, Washington in Lincoln's Time, 1895. Now, according to his account, soon after Lincoln was elected in 1860, he arrived home one day and looked into the bureau mirror where he saw himself reflected in double. Lincoln said, quote, nearly at full length, but my face had two separate and distinct images. Lincoln noticed that although the images were nearly identical, one was, quote, a little paler, say five shades than the other, end quote. So he's looking in the mirror and he's got two reflections. One looks just like him, and the other one is slightly paler and kind of emaciated and sickly looking. Yeah. Now, his wife was said to be very worried and told Lincoln she believed that the paleness of half the dual image was a bad omen, which meant that Lincoln would serve his first full term but would not live to finish his second. So we know that's what happened. And could that be hindsight being 2020? Sure. That that interpretation of the image yeah. could be. But wh- why would he have seen that? If that's not what that meant, why would he have seen two reflections, one looking basically like a, a, a dead Lincoln? Yeah. And. Remember, Mary Todd Lincoln was heavily into spirit, uh, spiritualism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, she was, you know, into um, seances and communicating with the dead. I, I mean, heavily this, you know, superstitions, you name it. Mary Todd Lincoln was right at the top. Yep, that was her thing. Most well, well-known spiritualist of the time. And so this was not something that he was going to go to her and say happened. And she's going to go, well, that's weird. Yeah. She's going to have an explanation. Now, whether it was, you know, accurate or not, um, she was going to have one because this was right up her alley. Mm-hmm. So for her to to say this is what this means and then it come to fruition. It's it's pretty interesting. It is. Um, because like I said, she she knew about all this. She dabbled in every bit of this. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that she would have an answer. And it's really cool that her answer seemed to fit right on par with what happened. Now, here's the part of the episode where we get into the superstitions and the folklore about seeing your doppelganger. Um, where we'll cover maybe a little more in depth with a little more discussion what we were teasing a little bit earlier the first one is that seeing your doppelganger is an omen of death now this is probably the most well-known legend about doppelgangers 
And it's in both English and German folklore, stating you will die if you see yours, and even worse, if you see it more than once. So there's a potential if you see your doppelganger once, but if you see it repeatedly, two, three, four, however many times, then your death is imminent, and it will it will be bad. Mm. Yeah, it's bad news. And this is kind of an outdated idea. Um, because modern paranormal investigators or enthusiasts will say that it, there are enough cases to where that they don't think that's necessarily accurate. Right. But it, it, it would be classified as a superstition. Right. You know, it's like, you know, there's no documented evidence that if you, if you step on a crack, you know, that you're going to go home and your mom's going to be snapped in half. Yeah. <laughs> Step on a crack, break your mama's back. It reminds me of that joke where the kid and his mom are walking down the street and uh kid asks his mom for something and she says no and he starts jumping up and down on a crack. <laughs> I think it was a comic strip or something I saw. It was, it was funny. <laughs> comic strip. That's something that kids nowadays don't understand. Um. But we'll keep moving on so I don't show my age. <laughs> the Sunday funnies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you would meme by putting silly putty on it and moving that image with the silly mm-hmm. putty. We didn't have copy and paste or memes. That was our memes. Silly putty. Yeah. All right. So the second one is doppelgangers give malicious advice. Now, they're seen as often... Um, seen often as the evil twin and supposedly give you bad advice just to get you in trouble or have something bad happen to you or others. Now, according to ancient pages, one of the earliest references to this idea is found in the Zervanite branch of Zoroastrianism. The site says, quote, in the cosmological model, the twins Ahura Mazda and Angra Mainyu were co-eternal representatives of good and evil. And you will have heard Ahura Mazda if you watch Ancient Aliens. They like to talk about that deity a lot. But basically, in the Zoroastrianism, it's saying that there is twins that represent good and evil. And your doppelganger, in a lot of areas of the world is seen as your evil twin where you're the good they're the bad and yep. you need to watch out for them because they're going to give you bad advice or try to mess up your life and we yeah. saw that in one of the books that we talked about um, where the doppelganger was trying to mess with the protagonist but in that book it turns out that the protagonist was the evil twin and the doppelganger was the good so yeah, that's what I, I was would say. say what, if, what if you were a general piece of human garbage? Yeah, is your doppelganger, you know, super awesome? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think in in this sense, the doppelganger is going to be the opposite of you. So if you're yeah. good and you see your doppelganger, it's probably going to be bad. If you're a trash heap, then your doppelganger is going to be good. Yeah, and you know, it there there are stories. Um, where the the meeting their meeting your doppelganger 
led to revelations about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so sometimes it wasn't necessarily a bad omen, but it it, it may have been showing you things about yourself that you may maybe you didn't really want to know. Right. You know, it's one right. of those things where you're kind of like, oh, I'm I'm a good person. Um, but deep down, there's some things about you that you just don't think about. Mm-hmm. And your doppelganger brings them to light. You see your doppelganger and you're like, crap, I am a trash heap. Never mind. <laughs> Where's a Look dumpster? Look at my doppelganger over there helping that homeless guy. Yeah. Oh, like, Wait, a terrible. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That means that I'm, oh, crap. <laughs> so this next one we did touch on um and we'll talk about a little bit more here it's that if someone else sees your doppelganger it means you may be very sick now it says it could mean that you are currently very sick or will become very sick if you are it's kind of like what i was saying before a crisis apparition where you um, a crisis apparition apparition is where you supposedly project yourself to others to tell them you're not well. Um, So if you're, it's like some of those stories that we talked about where if you're in trouble, somebody that you're close to will see you Mm -hmm. and that you will tell them or show them somehow where they need to go to help you out or to fix you. And that's kind of the first part of this deal is that maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. like in that story of the guy's wife and the baby, maybe it's, she was sending her doppelganger out unknowingly to go let him know. But it could also be that that just happens. That's somehow the way this world works. Or if you're not near the person that you're close to and they're, in trouble, you're going to see them somehow. Yeah. So here's here's an idea. So maybe maybe Lassie was Timmy's doppelganger just in dog form. Well, that you know, would be weird. Showed up to be, you know, if, if Timmy's doppelganger looked like himself, he'd show up and go, hey, I'm in the damn well again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Somebody come get me out. Yep. <laughs> But that wouldn't have been a good movie or a good TV show. Yeah, it'd have been terrible. The way to have <laughs> what boy? Timmy's where? He's eating dog bones again. Yeah. So this says that Linda Derry, site director at the old Cahaba Ghost Town in Alabama and curator of folklore originating from that region, told Atlas Obscura, quote, if someone else saw your doppelganger, it could mean that you may be very ill. So that's someone else um, corroborating that folklore. Essentially, your subconscious saying, Mm -hmm. we got to tell somebody. Yep. Yep. Um. Now, number four is your doppelganger is a ghostly double that lived before you. This is an interesting one. This one Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard until doing this research. But it says it's kind of like seeing your past self, but walking around today. It comes from Norse mythology and the doppelganger um, is there called a Vardoger. According to ancient pages, the stories of Vardoger describe incidents that are basically deja vu in reverse where a spirit with the subject's footsteps, voice, scent, and appearance, and overall demeanor precedes them in 
a location or activity, resulting in witnesses believing they've seen or heard the actual person before the person physically arrives. So we've seen some stories like this, too, where a guy is on his way home and his maid or whatever sees him walk in, walk up the stairs and go into the room. Mm-hmm. And then the guy gets home and she's like, you, you're in your room. And he's like, no, I'm not in my room. And she's like, no, you're, you're in your room. Because she saw the doppelganger come in and precede him to that location. And I, I think there's more to that story where right before he goes upstairs, his room falls in. And had he not, had he gotten there when the doppelganger got there, he would have been dead. But because he was a little bit later, he he wasn't in the room when it fell down. So I think there's a little more to that. But that's the general um, idea of that is his doppelganger preceded him to that location seen by someone else. Yeah. And uh, during the research, I, I read a story um, from a woman who said she was, she said she was 26. Her husband was 30 and she was in the grocery store. And as she walked in, she happened to glance over to the produce section and saw an older gentleman, probably in his mid to late fifties, who looked at exactly like an older version of her 30 year old husband. Hmm. Okay. And, and it was enough that she said it, it really freaked her out. Sure. So she's going through the store and she, she sees this gentleman uh, a few more times, but then as she comes around a corner, she sees a woman with long blonde hair that appeared to be an older version of herself. That's weird. And she says, while she's standing there looking at this woman, she hears the man that she saw earlier call her name. And so now she's standing here going, this woman has the exact same name as me Uh. and looks like me. And then she noticed that she had the exact same Louis Vuitton handbag. And this particular handbag was a gift from her aunt. So it was very special to her. Right. So, you know, I, if, if you're like, if you're, well, let's, let's put it bluntly. If you're like my mom, you have a new purse about every six months. <laughs> okay. Um, but if it would have been a gift from a, a family member that you were very close to, you might hang on to it for 20, sure. 30 years. Yeah. Okay. So this really shook her to to see these two. But this is the case where you're actually seeing an older or, you know, in some cases you would see a younger version mm-hmm. of yourself. Right. Right. Okay, Adam, let's take a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Magic Spoon. Now, growing up, cereal was my go-to breakfast every day. Mm -hmm. And especially on Saturday mornings, I would get this enormous bowl of cereal and I would sit down at like 6.55 in the morning because the cartoon started at 7. Yep. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, And you know what? 
As an adult, I still enjoy cereal, and it is it is my go-to midnight snack. But I'm getting older, and <laughs> I'm trying to watch what I eat, and like so many of us, sitting down with a sugary bowl of cereal at 11.30 at night, probably not the best idea. Yeah, probably not. But that's where Magic Spoon comes in. It is this amazing new cereal that eliminates that worry about that sweet, sugary, unhealthy uh, breakfast or, in my case, midnight snack. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you. Um, Ashley and I are trying to eat healthier because we're doing the gym thing. And as you get older, you can't eat whatever you want and then go to the gym and still see results like you could when you were teenager or in your 20s. You actually have to do the full the full deal eat better and all that stuff which sucks that's right but you know because i I love my carbs and yeah like you i love cereal and this this cereal is perfect for that it's like you've got a protein shake but you're getting to eat cereal because it has zero grams of sugar 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving there's only 140 calories a serving too doesn't matter what diet you're on it's keto friendly gluten-free grain-free soy-free and low carb and you can actually build your own box they have different flavors that you can customize to build your own box they've got cocoa fruity frosted peanut butter blueberry cinnamon cookies and cream and maple waffle and they recently just brought back the cookies and cream and maple waffle because they were so popular and i understand why i love the maple waffle cereal yeah, the, the maple waffle is by far my favorite. Um, it, it surpassed cinnamon, which is now uh, right behind it at number two. And then peanut butter for me, um, really, really great. I mean, they just remind me of those cereals that I ate as a kid. Yep. And if you mix peanut butter and cocoa together, you get something that kind of tastes like a chocolate-covered peanut butter cup uh, without All naming right. the brand there. So try that out. Um but if you're listening to us, you can go to magicspoon.com slash grave to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code grave, that's G-R-A-V-E at checkout, and you can save $5 off your entire order. Yeah, all you have to do is go to magicspoon.com slash grave, G-R-A-V-E, to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And don't forget to use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. So sort of kind of tying into this next one, um, that number five, it is your spiritual double. Now, according to ancient Egyptian myths, um, according to this article, the doppelganger is basically the same as a ka. Now, a ka is thought of as a spiritual double born in everyone. When someone dies, their spiritual double lives on as long as they have somewhere to live, usually that person's body. 
This says that this is why Egyptians mummified their dead. If they kept the body from decomposing, that meant the spiritual double had somewhere to live. But if the body decayed, the spiritual double would die and the deceased would lose their chance at eternal life. So I've heard some different reasonings for the the mummification of Egyptians, but um, I have also heard of the Ka before as Mm -hmm. well. So um, basically that's saying that everybody is born with a doppelganger. And just most of the time you don't see the doppelganger, though it's living right alongside you. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I mean, I. It's like an e- external manif- manifestation of your soul. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's going to be the part of you that lives on. Yep. Exactly. Now, number six is that it it is your evil double from the underworld. So there was a Native American myth that said that a doppelganger is basically your evil double from the underworld. Native American myths say that there is an upper world and an underworld. The good people live in the upper world and the evil people live in the underworld. Now, the Hopi legend refers to twins called the child of the sun and the child of the water. The Hopi also believe that whatever is happening in the upper world, the opposite is happening in the underworld. So that's like... Your evil twin, basically, Mm -hmm. is what that is, is that anything good you do, it's going to do the opposite negative. Yeah. So equal and opposite reaction kind of thing. But this is interesting because we're we're talking about a term that was coined in Germany that has roots in ancient Egyptian history, in Native American history. So like uh, we're we're just like uh like vampires. Um, you know, we we saw how all these different cultures around the world had legends associated with a vampiric type entity. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. We're this idea of an evil twin or a double existing. We're seeing it in, in multiple cultures. And they're all very similar. They may not be exact, but they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. And then that makes you wonder, um, like we've talked about with vampires, like you said, or with Bigfoot or anything where we see such similar things from ancient cultures throughout history. Like the these cultures still have this legend of a doppelganger, whatever they may call it. Mm-hmm. So, I you know I I do not believe in mass hallucinations. I don't believe that a ton of people will hallucinate the same thing. If it's your brain causing that, I, I don't think that's the case. So, what is it? it there has to be something that is causing this legend and this folklore. So what is it? Is it one of these things? Is it something else? Uh, But I got a couple more that we'll talk about, but there's something, obviously, if so many different social groups are coming up with the same legend about it or similar legends about it. 
Mm-hmm. Now, number seven is even a portrait doppelganger can be a bad omen. Now, think about the pictures you see from a couple hundred years ago that look exactly like celebrities. You know, you always see, oh, here's Tom Cruise with his his doppelganger from the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're talking about here. And that's apparently a bad sign as well. Um, the Canelos Indians of South America hated portraiture and photography as well because they believed the pictures captured the soul of the person. And this is still a belief today in some cultures because many cultures see portraiture as a representation of the soul and they believe that the soul pictures becomes the double. So if you have a picture taken of yourself, that picture becomes your doppelganger. So think about this. What if this is the case that you become, you have a doppelganger created every time you get a picture drawn of yourself or a picture taken of you. If this is the case, how many doppelgangers are there of people that are living now? Because every decade we get more and more pictures being taken. So if they are the evil twin and they do replicate through pictures, well, what is that doing to the world that we have so many pictures becoming evil twins? Yeah, I know. It, it's kind of a that there was a there was an idea, a Native American idea that, you know, a, a photograph stole part of your soul uh-huh. that, you know, part of your soul traveled with it. So they wouldn't let you photograph them. And that's just an extension of this, this same idea. Um, and then, you know, you think about you've seen these. Um, I think the one of Nicolas Cage is probably one of the more. Yeah one of the ones that circulates more often than not, um, you know, where there's this, this portrait of a guy from probably the mid to late 1800s. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I mean, he, he's a dead ringer for Nicholas cage. I've seen and, one. I think it was Brad Pitt. That was similar to that, yeah. but they had like two old photos, one from like the 1700s, one from the, early 1900s and then brad pitt so the thing was oh he's a vampire but Mm -hmm. yeah but it it is it is kind of strange when you think you know a lot of people want to tag these with like so-and-so's a time traveler or something yeah you know i like this i like the doppelganger idea a lot better right um than than that but it, it is strange i like i like to think that okay so you think about not just how many people are on the earth now. Think about how many people have lived on the earth, you know, through the centuries. Oh, yeah. There's there's only so much to do to make your face different. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we're talking about billions of people, you're you're bound to have a total stranger that looks like you. In fact, mm-hmm. you're you're probably likely to have several that yep. that look look like you yep. and i don't mean like you know you're 
your cousin and, and you favor, you have the same eyes or the same nose. It's like, you know, my, my kids carry a lot of the, the traits that I do. I, I can't deny mm-hmm. any of any of them. You know, they, they look, they look a lot like me, which definitely not the milkman's. They're kid. all girls, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, this idea of the, the, there's a, there's a, there's a Play-Doh mold, you know, for faces and there's mm-hmm. only so much you can do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you do well, have it. You, s- you do it ten billion times. You're gonna it, something's gonna repeat, even if you weren't trying. And I'm, yep. I'm, I'm saying this like there's somebody out there making people. But, <laughs> but it, you know the the idea of how you know DNA works and you know how people develop and you just think that it, it's it, there's bound to be some repeats in there. Sure. And you know I I have, look I have seen people recently. I have met people and said, are, are y'all not sisters? No. Yeah. It's like, this is just bizarre. I mean, you know, well, they look, they look enough like to be twins. Yeah. That's the thing I was going to say that with your theory on it, you could have people living now alongside you that look right. almost exactly like you. And that's like yeah. that. Have you seen that photo from an article where it's this red-headed, chubby, bearded guy that met his doppelganger on a plane yeah, and gets a I, picture I, with him. I, I read this going over the research. Yeah. So uh, they look exactly alike. I mean, yeah. and I think they were even wearing the same shirt or a very similar shirt. Yeah. So they, it's This, this was it the story happen. where the, the guy's actually in his seat on a plane and he walks up to him and this dude is sitting in his seat and he looks just like him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's like the whole plane realized it and was like, oh my God. Yeah. Right. And that, that story goes, oh, the guy, they kept running into one another. They were staying <laughs> at the same hotel. And, and then the finally one of them said, I think the universe is telling us we should sit down and have a drink. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the guy that the article's about said he, he woke up the next day with a hangover and a phone call from an Argentinian radio station because the photo had gone viral overnight. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, in, in that actually is a perfect lead in to my last number eight here, that it's a sign of an alternate universe. And this is the one that I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It says, according to Supernatural Magazine, there's one more theory. A doppelganger could represent a parallel universe in which everything in this world is replicated in another dimension. Seeing the doppelganger could be a moment when we're able to witness the other dimension. In fact, Columbia University physicist Brian Greene, author of the book The Hidden Reality, Parallel Universes and the Deep Laws of the Cosmos, says that we all have doppelgangers. And this is the one that I like because, you know, I believe in multiple universes, mm-hmm. my, my pancake universe theory. And I, I like this, that this is when you see a doppelganger that you're just seeing into yeah. another dimension. And, yeah. and this has been my theory on a lot of things. But yeah, and the, and the theory like for this. this for this goes a, goes a step further and says that people that witness their own doppelganger have somehow managed to brush into 
where those universes are the the connection is the thinnest yep. where you could actually kind of if not fully cross over you're you're close enough to see through the curtain mm-hmm. yep and i like that so in conclusion of my part i'm going to read this part from ancient origins and this says so where did belief in spirit doubles come from and is there any real truth to them while many today still believe in the existence of a double self some scientists believe the phenomenon occurs based on injuries or stimulation to certain parts of the brain, which cause errors in spatial reasoning. I don't like that. But others believe it is the result of a vision, hallucination, or that we live in a parallel universe in which everything in this world is replicated in another dimension. Whether the real truth behind doppelgangers, belief in the spirit double, has instilled both fear and wonder in people for thousands of years. Yeah. So... I don't like the spatial, the error in spatial reasoning argument. I, I don't think that works with all the cases of doppelgangers because not everybody that has seen their doppelganger or seen somebody else, somebody else's doppelganger has a head injury yeah, or right. has some type of spatial reasoning issue. I maybe that occurs in some cases, but I think we would know I hit my head yesterday and then I saw your double today. Mm-hmm. I think there would be people have known head injuries cause problems like that for many centuries. So I think that would have been reported in these doppelganger um, reports when when we find the historical ones. Yeah, and this th- this particular idea, um, it, it it gets a lot of uh, it gets a lot of play because there is uh, a fairly famous case uh, where a, a, a man um, he he started feeling weird, and he got up and he looked back. And he saw himself still lying in the bed. And it completely freaked him out. So As you he, would expect. He just, yeah, he, he just he he got scared, he got confused. He was he was trying to to uh he he could he could see that you know his his double was was right there and he's standing up. So he flipped out and he jumped out the window. Okay. Four stories. And he survived because he, he landed in a really large bush that broke his fall. Now, once he was treated, he landed on, he landed on his doppelganger. (laughs) His doppelganger caught him. Yeah. uh, Took off running with him. Um, but when they when they were treating his injuries and everything, and he was telling this story, you know, they investigated further, and he actually had surgery to remove a brain tumor. Mm. So they used that story to push this idea that you know a, a, a doppelganger could be an indicator of something that's wrong in your brain. 
And due to one case, it then gets smeared thin over all the other. And I'm sure there's other cases of that. Sure, sure. Um, But it, you know, it doesn't explain the tons of stories we have from people that are perfectly healthy. Right. And they have nothing wrong with their brain. That's my problem is that, okay, yeah, it can explain some. I get that. But you can't in good conscience say that that explains all of them. Yeah. So when we have any type of of debunking theory like that, that's the part that bothers me. Yeah. Not that it it can't explain any of them because it sure can. I I agree. Yeah. That explains some of them, but just because it explains some does not mean that it explains all. Yeah. And you know, this this particular story is another historical one. Um the French novelist Guy de Maupassant was how you like that right there. Um, well done. He was inspired to write a short story uh, entitled Louis. Uh, also, that means he in French. Um, after he had a doppelganger experience in 1889. Now, while writing, uh, he claimed that his body double entered his study, sat beside him, and began dictating the story he was in the process of writing. Now, this is just a shortened form of this, but what actually he began to converse with his doppelganger and it was very right. casual until that occurred uh, until he started dictating the story. Now in the story, Louis, uh, it's told by a young man who is convinced that he's going crazy after having glimpsed what he thought was his body double. Now for uh Maupassant, who claimed to have had numerous encounters with his doppelganger, the story was somewhat prophetic because at the end of his life, uh, de Maupassant was committed to a mental institution after a suicide attempt in 1892. And then he died the following year. And it's been suggested that his visions of a body double may have been linked to mental illness caused by syphilis, which he contracted as a young man. And, you know, syphilis essentially left untreated, turns your brain into Swiss cheese. Um, yep, it does. And so it, it causes a lot of, of mental illness prior to uh, your eventual demise. Yeah. So again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good medical uh, explanation for what he experienced. But again, it, it, it doesn't explain all of them like this one. Uh, this one comes from Redditor quite voice four, eight, four, six. Now she says, um, late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple times for the past four days. Same. Every time I go to leave, I can see myself standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye. It's like the other me is watching me leave the bathroom. Hmm. It it terrifies me to the point where I'm, I almost run out without looking directly at the mirror. She says she never told her husband about it because she didn't want to acknowledge it out loud. She goes on to say earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to it, watching TV. When I woke up, 
He told me he had seen me sit up and crawl backwards to the edge of the bed and stand up in front of our bedroom door from the corner of his eye. He thought it was weird that I got up like this because I was in the last month of my pregnancy and I can't really move so well without it hurting. So he tried talking to me. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. She goes on and says, I got really creeped out and I finally told him about what I have been seeing in the bathroom. He thought it was pretty creepy too, but didn't really want to talk about it anymore because he thinks that it will give whatever power and energy. Said So they said they have no idea what it wants or why they both have seen it. So this is a case where she claims that she she has seen her own doppelganger and so has her husband. That's crazy. Sometimes it most well most of the time it's an either or. Um, and the getting out of the bed thing was weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something that, odd like that. Yeah, that that was that was weird. Now this next one also comes from Reddit um from Reddit user Celestial E Spirit. And this one says, I know him. Yeah, you know know him? Yeah. Yeah. This one says, when I was about 16 or 17, I was really heavy into doing uh, the Ouija board. Other stuff happened, but the doppelgangers were definitely the worst. The first one was my mom. I heard her come in, and my best friend was with me. My friend and I walked down to greet her. She looked like a younger version of my mom and was carrying groceries. So I tried calling out to her, but she didn't respond. I walked in and I walked into my brother's room. Then I got a sick feeling. I called out to her, but she still didn't respond. So, so I followed her and she was not there. When I walked back down, my real mom had come in and didn't know what was going on. She was wearing a different outfit. Hmm. But then he says the next time it was his brother. She said, he says, my mom was talking to him on the phone. And he said he was on his way home. As soon as he hung up, my brother walked in the door. He talked to us for a little. And mom asked him to take the garbage out or something. And then walked into the bathroom. He had been in the bathroom for 15 minutes. And I got the sick feeling again. I asked if he had fallen in or something. Then my real brother walked in and I was freaked out. My mom checked on him all night to make sure that he was okay. He says both times they had darker eyes and it felt sort of like a dream, but he says he was definitely awake and other people witnessed it. Yeah, that that's what I noticed about that is the mom and he talked to the brother. Yeah. The quote unquote brother when he first came in. And so there was a full. Yeah, there was a full conversation. They interacted. They whatever. And that is odd. Yeah. Because normally it's like the first doppelganger experience he had where they don't acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they, they don't acknowledge you at all. And you just see them doing stuff though they may look at you or they may interact somehow, but they don't conversate with you. Right. And so that, that second one, that's weird. That's man. And that feels a lot like the the underworld version. Mm-hmm. The uh, especially the 
Ouija board mm-hmm. being the impetus of all of it, yeah. and I don't know. You want to you want an underworld version? Try this. Give one. it to me. So this one comes from Redditor Geobite, and it says, "I remember one Sunday morning, my brother and I were watching TV, and someone knocked on the door. We lived in an apartment that was empty. The owner hadn't rented the second floor." It was a two-bedroom apartment with a kitchen and a bathroom by the door. A small apartment, but with a big window that faced out to the door. So when I heard someone knock, I checked the window, and I saw my father, or so I thought. I was going to the door to open it, and when I was going to unlock the door, my mother pulls me away and screams at me not to open the door because I didn't know who it was. I told her I saw my dad, and she freaked out. She went to the window, checking, and then checked the peephole. Said she started to become terrified, and she said, go to the farthest room in the apartment and do not come out. She went and woke up my dad. Woke up my dad. So, I mean, he was already in and asleep in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Said my dad got up, and he was angry and confused, and when we told him what we saw... And all this time, the man was still knocking on the door. My dad screamed, who is it? No answer. He said he was going to call the cops, but there was no response. So while my dad was busy screaming at him, we saw that he was just standing still in front of the door. So my mom took us to the farthest room from the door while my dad got ready to open the door with a metal bat. Once he did... The man was gone. It's like dad went out, looked everywhere around the apartment, couldn't find him. Now he said the apartment door was a heavy metal door and always was heard when someone came in and out. But they had not heard anything that morning and they didn't hear anything when their dad opened the door. Said we heard no footsteps either, except for uh, my brother, my mother and I. And we saw that man, and he looked exactly like my father. That's wild. And so I, what, what I really wow. thought was interesting about this story was the fact that the mom panicked. I mean, mm-hmm. immediately. Almost as if this had happened before. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering that because that was kind of the feeling that I got, too, was like, had she seen something like this before? Had she had an experience, whether mm-hmm. it be with the dad or somebody else, that she knew immediately, not just because dad was asleep in the thing, but, you know, what if dad, for some reason, was weird and crawled out the window and then came around? You know, yeah. most people wouldn't immediately go to freak out if it looked like a loved one. Yeah. But she immediately went to freak out. So what was what caused her to do that? I'm not so sure that I would just immediately freak out if I saw somebody that I mistook for, you know, a friend or a family member. Yeah. Um, I would probably be like, holy cow, there's somebody who looks exactly like dad out there. Yeah. Or you go, hey, how'd you get on the other side of the door? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, yeah, you're right. The reaction was, was, was way more for this encounter than what. I would have expected making me think mm-hmm. this has happened before. And yep, exactly. And, and they, and she knew telling them to go back to the farthest 
room and all that. She knew it was something yeah. evil. Yeah. Now, this last story I'm going to st- share is probably the the most famous and and well documented story of a doppelganger. Um, and it, and it comes from writer Robert Dale Owen, who recounts the story of thirty two year old French of a thirty two year old French woman named Emily Saget. Now, Emily was a teacher at the Pinswan von Nuwelki. Welki, I, I I try I practice this, but it, it, it's, it's weird. Hmm. It's weird. It doesn't look French to me at all. But anyway, in fact, it's not French. It was in Latvia. So there you oh, go. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's why I can't say it. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at Latvian. But this particular school was an exclusive girls' school near Walmart in in what is now Latvia. Said she was attractive, smart, and generally well liked by the students and the staff of the school. However, strangely enough, she had already been employed in eighteen different schools in the past sixteen years. She's only thirty-two. She started teaching wow. when she was 16 and had worked at 18 different schools. This one was number 19. So in time, it became clear why Emily couldn't keep a job at any of the schools that she had worked at previously. So one day in 1845, while Saget was writing on the blackboard, her exact double appeared beside her. The doppelganger precisely copied the teacher's every move as she wrote, except that it didn't have any chalk. Thirteen students in the classroom witnessed the event while everyone else in the class could see the doppelganger. Emily herself could not. Now, during the next year, Sajay's doppelganger was seen several more times. She was seen sitting beside the real Emily, eating silently, uh, imitating Emily while she did her everyday work, or sitting in class while Emily taught. Um, they, they even said that there were times where the doppelganger would be standing behind Emily as she ate, um, you know, at, in, the, in the dining area. And would be mimicking the moves of eating, just didn't have any utensils or food, you know, just standing behind her. Now, on one event, Emily was helping one of her students dress up for a party and the doppelganger appeared. The student looked in the mirror and saw two Emily's fixing her dress. She fainted immediately. (laughs) She just was like... Ah, done. Yep. Can't you know. take it. Uh. <laughs> but the most amazing instance took place in full view of the entire student body of 42 students on a summer day in 1846. As they sat at the long tables working, they could see Sajay in the school's garden gathering flowers. When the teacher left the room to talk to the headmistress, Sajay's doppelganger appeared in her chair while the real Sajay could still be seen in the garden. Two girls approached the doppelganger and tried to touch it, but felt an odd resistance in the air surrounding it. Then the image slowly vanished. 
Hmm. Now, I've heard a little bit about this story. Um, like you said, it, it is pretty famous and, and documented. So I've heard a little bit about this, and, and I remember some of those parts. I remember the fainting, and I remember the picking flowers thing, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't hear about the students approaching it mm-hmm. and trying to touch it. But what that makes me think of, the the the, the way that she couldn't see it, but everybody else could, it, it makes me feel like that's that theory of that it is your ka, mm-hmm. it is your spiritual double, and that's why it mimicked everything she did. It was always there, but she couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. So it was strong enough, I guess, for others to see it, but because it was her, she couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like in that case, that would be the sense where then if you did see it, like you all of a sudden were able to see it, then that does mean bad things for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, if if I said that in a way that makes sense, I, I don't know. But I, I feel like that that's a a, a good representation of the spirit double. Yeah version of the doppelganger yeah and it, and and it's interesting to point out that when uh when emily's doppelganger was visible the real emily would appear very worn out and lethargic as if the duplicate was part of her spirit that had broken free mm-hmm. when it disappeared she was back to being her normal self now after the incident with the garden Emily said that she had had an urge to go inside the classroom to supervise the children, but she hadn't actually done it. So that that led to a theory as to why this happened to Emily specifically, because she was so smart, um, because she was a, a, a really a good teacher. Her personality led her to be an overachiever and when the doppelganger was witnessed it was part of her desire to be able to do more and accomplish all these things during the day Mm -hmm. that she'd wanted to but she couldn't be in two places at once All right, y'all. So if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that Matt and I are obsessed with Best Fiends. Now, in my humble but correct opinion, it's the best match three style game by far. The rest are basically just the same game with different color schemes. So stop crushing the same old candy and try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. Yeah, because in Best Fiends, you play through an actual storyline. It's it's complete with good guys, the fiends, and the not so good guys, the slugs. Dang those now, slugs! <laughs> now, now your fiends start out as little baby versions of themselves, and as you play, there's there's more fiends that join your team, and they become more powerful. And so, there's so many aspects to this. It's it's not just the typical match three game. It, it's there's so much more 
so much more strategy that's involved and it's great and and one of the things i really love about it is that it doesn't have to be connected to wi-fi or cellular data so you can you can play it anytime anywhere it doesn't matter if you're in a cave you can pull out your phone and you can play best fiend i'm in caves a lot so that's a good thing yeah so download best fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiend that's right download best fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends and the idea of her having to be in the garden okay or or talking to the headmistress but yet she consciously wanted to go back and supervise those children herself her doppelganger appears there as if supervising the children while she her physical body is away right right that makes sense so it it this is where this this doppelganger story begins to shift into other aspects um and the idea of bilocation comes up with this. And, you know, of course, bilocation is similar to astral projection. In fact, you know, they could they could be virtually the same thing where you're able to appear at another place. You know, bilocation just simply means being able to be in two places at once. Yep. Okay. So there there is some idea that this is what Emily was doing subconsciously. She was bilocating because bilocation is considered to be a psychic, if not miraculous ability. Um, you know, there, there was, um, there's a pretty famous story about, um, uh, about a nun who, uh, ministered to native Americans while in Europe. And, the Native Americans actually related to stories about the 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 lady in blue that came and and taught them this when they were asked, "How did you learn about these things?" Mm-hmm. And I think I remember hearing yeah. something about that. Yeah, and she said, and and the nun said, um, "You know, I ministered to those people, not physically, mm-hmm. but spiritually." Right. So there's the idea that. You know, that was miraculous by location. Okay. Not necessarily the same thing. And, you know, it's it, at this point, it's difficult to say whether Emily Sage was actually subconsciously doing that, but it, it is a thought. Um, but in a way, it is the same thing because if you're able to project that part of your spirit, to do something else that you can't do or be somewhere else where you can't be, you know, that that's your doppelganger, you know, yep. that you're able to, to, to put out there. Yep. So there, there are some similarities, um, but by location as a psychic ability really is more or less, I can do this. You know, I, I'm conscious, I'm, I'm consciously making this happen. Um, but you know, it could be, it, it's just, it's a fascinating story. Um, yeah. And the fact that it was, it was documented, um, by Robert Dale Owen 
makes it even more uh, interesting. Although there there is actually no evidence that Emily Saget actually lived. There is a birth certificate, um, but the the surname is the same, but the first name is different. Um, but it fits the timeline. And so, yeah. yeah, you know, my my thought is is this this poor woman has uh, has had eighteen teaching jobs that she hadn't been able to hang on to because of this situation. Mm. Um, freaking everybody maybe, maybe out. She changed her name. Um, you know, I would think so. Yeah, cha- that, changing, that's a good possibility. Changing changing your name in 1845 wasn't nearly as complicated as it would be now. No, you just you decide just, I'm this person. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just the next town you go to, you you're like I'm Emily Ballinger, yeah. and that, that's who I'm going to be from now on. Yeah, I wouldn't pick Ballinger as a last name as someone who has it. It's it's it. it it's hard to spell and people don't like it. So I, you know, but I, I can see that it would, it would be easy to change. And I think she probably would, because after that many, even in that time frame, the stories would get around mm-hmm. that this lady, Emily Saget has some weird stuff happening with her. So I wouldn't hire her. So after a while, you might have to change your name to be able to get another job or to at least, escape the ridicule right of your doppelganger always being there right right but some pretty amazing stories and mm-hmm. and it's a topic that i think most everybody's heard of you've heard the term doppelganger um and and you pretty well knew what it's about hopefully this uh added some depth to your knowledge um of what a doppelganger is or could be Yep. Um, and maybe you've seen, maybe you've seen your doppelganger. I know I've had people tell me that they've seen someone that looks eerily just like me mm-hmm. more than once. Well, dude, uh, just the other day, I, I shot you a text about it. Yeah. I saw what could have been your daughter in a Chili's here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. There was no way that it could have been her, but. She was walking in with a boyfriend and I had to do like a triple take because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not in Tennessee. She's nowhere around. How is she there? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wasn't her, but, you know, it, it was almost an exact double of your daughter. So I was like, well, that's weird. That That is that is weird. I wish you could have snapped a picture of her. I know. I know. Pardon me. Can I take a picture yeah. of you? You look just like, uh, you know, my friend's daughter. <laughs> yeah. And and the boyfriend's like, likely story. Yeah, pop. that's right. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I'm just trying to get the picture for a friend of mine. Great sure. If you'd have just pulled up a picture of Madison and be like, look at her. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't think Maybe she looks I like do. her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, look, y'all are the same. But then that would have started a whole conversation, and I didn't want to talk to him. So that's right, because you know, because you know, ultimately you hate people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deep down inside, I don't want to have these conversations. So <laughs> I'd rather just it. crawl away. And- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, I I would be very interested to know if anybody else 
in the graveyard has either seen their own, had somebody tell them that they saw their doppelganger, or have seen someone's doppelganger. Yeah. I, I I'm so interested in that. And I can't I can't recall. I I think I told this story on a on a Patreon episode. I'm not sure if I told it on a regular episode where my dad, you know, he, you know, my dad's got two artificial hips. Um, Mm -hmm. There are times where he just can't get comfortable in the bed at night and he'll get up and he'll go get in his recliner out in the den and he'll sleep the rest of the night out there. And periodically, if my mom wakes up and he's not there, she'll go in and check on him. Now, dad says on multiple occasions, he has woken up enough to see my mother look in, check on him, turn around and go back. But yet she has no recollection of doing it. Yep. And so we we've kind of I remember th- you telling that. Yeah, we've but- we've kind of theorized that or 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 he's heard he's heard someone in the kitchen and assumed it was my mother coming to check on him, and then she never comes in and never responds to yeah. him if he says anything. Or he gets up and goes in the kitchen and she's not there. She's still in the bed, sound asleep. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether that is a is a situation of a doppelganger, Adam and I in that show kind of theorized that maybe she subconsciously projected herself to check on him, um, mm-hmm. you know, w- without actually having to wake up and go do it. Yeah, you know, it, exactly. It's just, it was just so so much a part of what she would do that, you know, her, her brain registered that he was up and not in the bed, but it didn't wake her up. And so an image of her went and checked on him instead. Yep. Um, but it, it, it still kind of fits in this. Yeah, it does. So, you know, if, if you guys have had Especially experiences with the like Sage story, I'm sorry. Especially with the Sage story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. It, it ties into that a lot. Being able to do something that you can't do or, uh-huh. you know, wouldn't wouldn't do. Um, yep. But, you know, if, if you've had experiences like this, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. Uh, just go to Facebook and search Graveyard Tales and you will, you will find a group where I think we're well over 6,000 members now. It's a very active group and it's a safe place to share these type of stories without worrying about people saying you're nuts or you're making it up or whatever. We just want to hear these fascinating stories that the graveyard members have and are, and are wanting mm-hmm. to share. Um, and while you're doing that, you can slide over to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. You can find links to purchase graveyard tales, merchandise, and you can become a patron. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, we have a, a, a huge catalog of, of Patreon episodes. They differ a little bit from the regular show. Uh, they're a little more casual. They're shorter, uh, but they're a lot of fun. Um, we touch on some topics that we wouldn't normally do. So if uh, if you've been thinking about pulling the trigger and, and helping the show out, you know, now's a good time to do it because you've got plenty of extra stuff to listen to um, between the the main episodes. You know, it's a good good thing to do for a dark week, you know, is go right. catch up on the Patreon episodes. Um, as Adam mentioned at the top of the show, please don't forget to go and rate and review us on iTunes. It's the easiest way 
for the show to come up the charts and it makes it easier for people to find when they go searching for shows of this topic. So Adam, uh, I think I hear my doppelganger downstairs uh, knocking around. <laughs> so I got to, I got to go put him to bed so I can go to bed. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.